Welcome to episode 57 of the Green and Healthy Places podcast, in which we discuss the themes of well-being and sustainability in real estate and hospitality today. I'm your host, Matt Morley, founder of Biophilico Healthy Buildings, and today I'm in Munich, Germany, talking to ex-athlete, sprinter extraordinaire, Katharina Naumann, who is behind a new office gym concept focused on mental empowerment. We discuss some of those tools needed for mental empowerment at work, both physical and mental. We cover how to integrate movement into daily lifestyles, the importance of body connection and intuition, the benefits of meditation, functional training within an overall fitness regime, and the gap between standard office gym solutions, such as something as basic as a local membership on offer to staff, and a carefully tailored office wellness space, such as the one Katharina envisions. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit like or subscribe. You can find me at biophilico.com, Katharina at goldkern.de. All links are in the show notes. Now, let's get into it. Here's mental performance coach, entrepreneur, ex-sprinter, Katharina Nauman. Katharina, welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining here. We'd love to start with a little bit of background on, on how you made the transition from an Olympic athlete, so an elite level sports professional to the world of business coaching. Yeah, thank you for being here, first of all. And um, there actually were uh, two reasons for me. So first of all, I made a very negative experience in my first job in an agency after my studies. Uh, at that point, I just had finished my career as an athlete and suddenly I found myself sitting full-time behind a laptop, which sounds for many people very normal, uh, was quite a shock for my body. <laughs> Imagine I trained uh, about 10 times per week uh, before that, and now I was sitting eight hours a day, not moving anywhere. So, of course, uh, this causes some physical and also mental trouble for me. Um, I had a very well trained body feeling and I will never forget what it felt like to lose all my muscle tension. It was a feeling of standstill of my body functions actually. <laughs> and um, I really, it really didn't feel right and healthy at all. So um, after six months, I found myself in a very bad conditions, especially mentally. So I decided to quit and to hope that I will find or create a job which not does take place in front of a scene screen all the time. So I decided to start a training program to become a systemically personal and business coach. And this was a very good choice. I now combine fitness training with life coaches, life coaching to help people being mentally and physically healthy and uh, hopefully happy. Yes. And uh, secondly, I'm you from my former races that the mental empowerment is so important to reach goals. There are a lot of mental techniques that I want to carry further towards society. I think mental empowerment should be actually a subject at school. My kids would love that. <laughs> but uh, there is uh, emotional, no difference between the nervousness at sports or at work. No emotional difference between the stress at a competition or the stress at work. But while the athlete will relieve stress while moving, the employee is not relieving stress because he remains seated. And this can lead to chronic illness in the long term. 
Yeah, that's really interesting. Okay, so there are a few things there. You, you said you were training 10 times per week. Yeah. But in terms of hours, just to give us an understanding of like how that dominated your life. I mean, I might do on a really good week, 10 hours of physical and mental training. In your life as a, as a pro athlete or an elite level athlete, how much of that was physical and how much of that was working on the, the mental game? Or was it 10 times a week you were just training strength, conditioning, sprinting? Yes, I trained like 10 times a week. Um, yes, physical training stuff. Yeah, um, And the mental part was actually not not included in this 10 times. <laughs> so this was actually beside the training, we worked with a psychological coach and there this was this mental empowerment. And the mental empowerment, that's then becomes the transition in a way, right? That's the bridge between your life before and your life today. The idea of mental empowerment at work. Yes. Uh, so I really got to know how important is the mental empowerment. Um, doesn't matter what goal you want to reach, you know, and even it's a goal of at work, yes, to do a good presentation or something like this, or to reach a goal by sports, it doesn't make this big difference, actually, you need to be mental empowered. And is that, is it a, are there various different interpretations of what that can mean? Or is it an established concept in the world of of sprinting and fitness or, or running in particular and, and elite athletics. Is that almost like a module? Is it something that you study within the course of your week or is it something that you interpreted and developed your own ideas or is that like a standard part of being a, an elite athlete? Uh, both of it. So there are some concrete techniques where you just need to learn it. Yes, you can hear it once and then you you yeah, practice is it by your daily life and uh, then you can see how it works and you get always better in that. And there is like your, yeah, mental, uh, how you see all the th things, yes. If you see everything positive, it's much easier to, to uh, work with it, you know. And um, yeah, it also depends on how you see the world, actually. Yeah, I, I sympathize completely with that as a eight years now working as, a, as an entrepreneur by myself, uh, <laughs> which is almost as stressful in, in a sense as working in a big company with a big yeah. corporation where you have to deal with the, the politics and the, the stress of being part of a much wider network of people. But when you're solo and building your own business, then that comes with its own challenges in terms of mental empowerment. And there's no one to really around to help unless uh, we go and look for a coach or we, we find yeah. people who can who can play that role for us, like like a boss or a, or a, yeah, a senior um, wise person who we can rely on for, for help. And I think that's actually one of the techniques that I've, I've used in the past or had to do for myself because otherwise it's a very, very lonely path doing this. Yeah. So, uh, having a corporate structure, having a team around you obviously has challenges too, but I think can also be very, very rewarding, but you need to know how to navigate, how to sail through those waters, right? Because it's not, it's, no one teaches you that. They teach no. you that. They teach you the work, they teach you yeah. 
know, how to do banking, how to <laughs> sell stocks, how to design an interiors, but they don't teach you the soft skills, right? The, yeah. So now your, yeah. your service is, is a coach based in Munich. What type of, first of all, services are you offering? And then who are you working with in terms of the clients and the type of companies that you find are attracted to your, your proposition, to your work? Yeah, so at the moment I'm training teams within one or two day workshops um, how a healthy life would look like for them and I coach one-to-one -one people to find a better life balance. So um, the company is now realizing that the mental health is decreasing. In Germany already 20% of the people have mental issues in the same year. So I think this is uh, yeah, very bad conditions. So um, they start doing some um, yeah workshop workshops too for mental health as well, but yeah, far too less at the moment. And do you see that as having changed greatly from the the pre-COVID times? Everyone's talking a lot more openly now. It seems about mental health at work. It was a far less common subject have you seen more interest after covid or or was it has there been a steady growth over the last few years is there a change in attitude within your clients now to how they think about mental health um yes now it's the moment where the mental health should be destigmatized and to offer some solutions for these issues so many people struggled with post-covid mental issues we not only talk about real mental illnesses, but also mental hurdles, yes? Everybody handled the COVID time differently. So there is the type of people who are introvert, for example, and actually like to stay at the safe home. And they are now struggling much more to get back to the office place and into the community. They are forced to get out of the comfort zone now. And it's quite hard for them. And or there are the extrovert people, for example, who felt in a deep hole while staying at home and they are also not happy by now. <laughs> so besides that, there was also no higher stress level in history like at the moment. And the opportunity for company is now to integrate a new healthy and more flexible working flow. Most companies recognize that the online work works so a nice way now would be to stay with the tools which made the life easier and get back to the same in, in the same time to the more social working way at the office place. So keeping the good stuff and combining it with the good old stuff actually. And uh, it is always a question of balance. So many companies missed out, unfortunately, to find healthier rules for home office work. I always see it at my um, time management workshops. The online meetings are planned from hour to hour and without any opportunity for a course. So you don't need to be a coach to recognize that this won't work in the long run. Yeah, you know. And also the working conditions are very far away from nature human beings. So the human being is able to use his body and his mind so much more as he does at the moment. This this. This makes me sad, actually, and this is part of my mission to empower people to use the human being strengths. 
and also it is wrong to put these mental techniques like meditation for example in an esoterically corner many very successful people like Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, and so many more are meditating and having their morning routines. Yeah, and it is time now for open up to these mental strengths and to integrate this in the daily lives. And the company could offer the place and the possibility to go for this for the employees, for example. Well, that neatly opens the door to, to my next question about the project that, that we've been collaborating on over the last few months, the idea of you setting up your own studio, whether that be a temporary pop-up space within an office building in Munich where you live, or perhaps taking on your own, uh, yeah, your own studio space and, and realizing that vision that you have. So tell us a little bit about that. You're really pitching and aiming for, yeah, to in a sense answer that, that question, right, around how you can be healthier at work and what type of techniques and practices are most beneficial. What I found interesting when we first started speaking was from the beginning, you were very clear that this was not a gym in the typical sense. Yeah. And I, yeah. I designed a lot of gyms, so it's easy for me to think, <laughs> okay, well, it's just another one of those. But you were you were very clear in your, your description and your brief saying, look, Matt, this is more of a mental gym. This is about mental and physical wellness and we need a space that can represent that at that vision yeah. of yeah. of well-being both in the mind the body and the soul to some extent so let's talk a bit about this concept that you have for the the studio how will that work what will it look like what will you offer there yes um i was thinking about a possibility which really empower people mentally and physical in the daily lives. Yes, this is very important that it it helps in the daily lives. <laughs> this is most of all the hurdle of it. Obviously, just um, subsidizing a fitness studio membership is not enough. So there are body and mental techniques which should be learned in the first place but often the integration in the business calendars is a difficulty. So I planned this pop-up place with you <laughs> where the employees can learn, integrate and practice the mental and physical tools at work. Yes, they don't need to go somewhere else. They can do it at work. Um, it, it is more effective to do these exercises three or four times a week just for 20 minutes than training once in a gym for two hours per week. Um, this pop-up allows the employees to choose rather they need some stretching or some facious training or a 20 minutes meditation as well. They will find an intensive support from my team. We offer morning and lunch routines, one-to-one -one coaching to solve psychological corner concerns and group sessions to get the background knowledge for all these themes. So over the time of three or four months, the employees will be able to stay in a healthy routine and to handle mental stress by their own. This will lead to more healthy and happy employees, we hope. <laughs> they had improved the body feeling and the intuition. They know about mental tools and maybe increase their self-confidence within the coaching support, for example. And of course, if the company wants to keep this proper place or parts from it, 
this won't be a problem. The pop-up is composed of natural materials and uh, the most discreet and aesthetic way. I think, uh, yes, we made a good job. <laughs> I think I've seen, from based on your description there, the part that really interested me is that gap between what is often a very easy uh, task for an, an, a company, for a business to do, which is, well, look, we're going to provide access for our staff to a local gym. And yep. you, they tick the box and, yeah. you know, I've been That's there. I, I, I've, yeah. I've even, you know, I've recommended it. Uh, it's an easy option. It, it gets you the credits that you need in your healthy building, healthy workplace certification scheme. And yet, uh, you know, what's the issue with that is that you don't really know who's using it. You don't know yeah. how many times they're going. And the probability is that it's not going to really change anyone's life or make a positive impact. Because people who like or know or understand the benefits of exercise are probably already doing it. Yeah. The challenge is that sometimes create, dedicating a space within an office can also be a big step for a, for a business. And, the, and I see a lot of, you know, they, they say, well, okay, how much space do we need? How much budget does it cost? And they don't really see the benefits. And I think that is maybe the strongest point in your pitch and the proposition that you just made. The idea of it being specifically about not just getting people to exercise more, because it's quite a journey from, well, your staff will be healthier and more fit, and therefore they'll be more productive. Yeah. We hope. We hope so. Yeah. But, yeah. but I don't know, if someone's running an hour extra a week, are they going to be yeah. more productive for the or and that much happier at work? No. Sure. To some extent, maybe, a not, maybe not so much. Maybe not so much. But so I, the idea of creating something specifically for the office environment, rather than just saying, "Well, gyms or um, yeah, fitness exercise in general," and every, and you have a solution. The idea that actually maybe we need to think a bit harder and tailor create something specifically for office workers, I think is, is really key. And that's, that's really where you're, you're going with this. So why don't we go one level deeper then? I was interested in the type of, you've mentioned the various mental techniques, the idea of meditation, mental tools, etc. So what about the physical training practice that you would recommend for your office workers? There are often specific types of training that, that could be in there, such as, I guess, mobility or more like neuromuscular activities where we see um, like reaction times and, and having to use the brain. Do you see those as being better adapted for someone in a work environment than I don't know, uh, 30 minutes of boxing or 30 minutes of weight training, for example? As That's maybe where your specialism lies, right? The, like, between how we can help people in the office to perform better mentally through some kind of physical practice. So how do you see that connection? Um, the connection is actually most of many people go for training just because it is yes in their daily plan to to put this thing done. I did my sports today, but often it is even more stress for body if you go for a run ten kilometers after a stressful uh, job at the office actually and. In this moment, it would be easier to stay at home and to recover, yes? 
and actually everyone is able to to feel what the body needs but we we lost this we lost the mind the the feeling of the body intuition and that is what i want to bring back to the people and then they know the most the best way what they actually need for this moment so i think it doesn't have to be very complicated uh, with the training stuff yes the human being is made for trot 20 kilometers a day and to lift and carry things so the most important thing is to integrate more movement in the first place into the daily lifestyle all kind of movement to bike to work to take the stairs to work at a standing desk or so on or doing more movement breaks yeah and after that the next important training i recommend is the functional whole body workout just with a body weight or with some balls and some little weights it trains the whole body together and it is easy to integrate some mobility and balance exercises i'm not a fan of training each muscle separate at a machine like most of the fitness studios offers these movements are not very natural and they miss out to train the interplay of our muscles also explosive strength training should be not ignored this is what you need when you don't want to fall at a higher age. No one trains that at the moment. So the office working people all have in common that they often have a stiff neck or they also have very often low back pain because um, the abs are not strong enough. So they need core training and mobility training. And uh, for example, petty training would be an easy way for that. We're talking ultimately about typically like 10 to 15 percent of the population who actually use a gym, right? Uh, that the, I think Germany is one of the highest in in Europe in terms oh, of really? gym, gym membership. Yeah, yeah. Wow. and it's like gym. Good to know at least. <laughs> yeah, Germany and Scandinavia do pretty well on that, oh. and I think the UK is like fifth or sixth, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. not everyone's going to be interested in this. I think. Uh, or in fitness, yeah. right? But I think by by adapting it a little bit and making it more yeah. accessible, because these classes you're describing are not so much about how fit you are. No, at the same time, either. but you're not offering, you know, the usual uh, promises of you will lose weight uh, or you will, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, lose your your belly fat or, or lose your yeah. weight around your waist. You're not you're not talking. You haven't mentioned that once. No. So you're you're thinking more about mental performance and feeling good. Is it primarily yes. about feeling that you own your life and your body and you're you're in good shape? Yeah. Yeah. Feeling good and feeling what you actually need to that your intuition is is able to tell you what you need. And even if you need more movement or what you need at lunchtime. Yeah, for energy. So these are all points uh, where it's good to, to know what your body needs, you know. And everybody can actually close their eyes and ask the body, hey, buddy, what do you need by now? What do you need? What should I eat? What would be the best food in this moment? And, um, yeah, we, we should then go for that. That that question that you just asked, I guarantee you, is not part of the internal dialogue 
for many people. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think that's a real benefit that you can, can help, uh, that you can provide, is answering that question for workers who perhaps don't necessarily see the connection between a lack of movement and exercise in their life or a particular food that they eat at lunchtime and then the lack of energy in the afternoon, for example. Yeah. You know, there are yeah. often some simple things, drinking yeah. caffeine to keep uh, the energy levels high, but sleep quality is low and there's no exercise and the diet's maybe not where it needs to be. So I think by taking a more 360 degree approach as you do, then you can you can really make uh, maybe more progress, more of an impact than just suggesting, you know, to start exercising 30 minutes a day, five yeah. times a week or whatever. Yeah. I think so that's, much more the, that's yeah, the opportunity. It, yeah. We are so much more able to to handle our lives actually more healthier than we do at the moment and that we do just with the fitness membership as well. I think this space that we've been talking about today is is really the future of of fitness at work. I think it's it's a very different concept. I think it needs to go in this direction away from just yeah, standard gym training. And I think what you're describing is is where the future lies for, for wellness at, uh, at work and in the workplace. So if people want to read more about what you're doing, what's the best way for them to contact you? Do you use LinkedIn, social media? What's your preference? Yes, they can find me on LinkedIn and um, they can see everything about this pop-up also on my uh, webpage. It is uh, very good we'll add the links to the show notes for the episode yeah. thank you so much for your time that was really thank helpful you. thank you